The Hurling Pod on OTB Sports. I look at the way Kikini celebrate. I look at the way Limerick celebrates their monster, right? To, to go, we actually want to win the next you know, Or were they treating it as just another game, another stepping stone? That's, that's a question I have. Subscribe to the GA Podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. Gaelic football on off the ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more now you're welcome Max so as part of the launch of AIB's new series The Drive which explores the adversity faced by intercounty players in the modern game and what drives them to uh, pull on the jersey year after year we are joined by Paul Mannion who you all know the show is going to be hosted by Ardlo Hanlon and The Drive will feature stories from Four intercounty players and their journeys on and off the pitch. It celebrates the perseverance shown by players across the country who, uh, despite logic, can't quit no matter how tough it gets because tough can't quit. You can view the teaser for the series on AIB's GA social channels. Paul Mannion, you're very welcome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. I thought when I initially saw this read about people who can't quit intercounty life that this was the Mannion comeback being announced. No, um, unfortunately not. I saw uh, a little bit of irony in that too, but uh, no, no, I'm uh, in, enjoying myself at the moment I'm in Boston for the summer, so uh, no uh, imminent return for me, unfortunately. I saw this. You're playing for Donegal Boston. Yeah, yeah. There's a, so I'm sure you know that they run club championships out here uh, all over the States, and I was uh, I'm starting a new job at home in August, and I, I was wrapping up my last one. Um, a few weeks ago, so it kind of just it. Uh, I just yeah, the opportunity was there for a few months, and I said no a few times. So I thought I was going to happy out with uh, with work at home, but um, when I was changing jobs, then it kind of just is it aligned up nicely with this, and uh, yeah, so, so jumped at it. Beautiful part of the world. It is, yeah, it's nice. It's it's my first time in Boston. Uh, it's it's not as hectic as. Uh, what you might find in New York, but um, it's got that kind of downtown city vibe and then a nice kind of suburb and kind of areas of beaches and uh, parkland and that kind of stuff. So it's actually, it's really nice. I'm enjoying it. Good. You didn't wander out to Brookline to watch the US Open at all, did you? I did, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was there. Um, I was there for four days. I was there for a couple of the practice rounds and uh, on Thursday and Friday as well, following, following, uh, following Shane Lowry. Unfortunately, it wasn't wasn't his weekend. Uh, he missed the cut um, for the first time in a long time. But um, savage experience, unbelievable. That was my first kind of uh, big golf tournament, first ever professional golf tournament actually. So yeah. um, unbelievable to see them up close. <laughs> they are scary good when you see them hit balls up close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I was ready to go home and sell my golf clubs after seeing some of them. Um, it, was, uh, it, is, it is scary because you see some of the par threes and I'd be like, geez, I'd be taking out a award for some of these. Like, they're crazy. Um, but yeah, great, great, great few days. Mm, amazing. And what's the football vibe over there in the summer? Because I, like my experience of it is just hearing about intercounty players largely going out and, and joining up with the team like you've done. Mm. Is it very competitive? Is it like, is, is your team mainly populated by locals and this is their mm. meat and drink and very important to them or is everybody just having the crack yeah yeah it's mainly populated by by locals so it's it's 13 aside and each team has to have two of those 13 as u.s born players 
Uh, eight of them have to be uh, home-based players, so not necessarily US-born, but, but based in Boston. And I think it's like it's just used to join the by end of January or something like that. So, so not players that'll be coming out for the summer. And then, so the remaining five can be players that have, that have uh, come out for the summer on J1s or whatever. Um, so every team has has a mix of those um, players. And yeah, they do. They take it very seriously. They're, uh, this is their championship, you know, like it's, it's, there's no going home to a club championship at home. And there's obviously no to county championship. So this is their club. Like a lot of them have been playing have been out here for years and years and they've been members of Donegal Boston longer than they've been members of their their club at home. So um yeah, they they're up for us. Um it's a short enough championship to some uh six group games and then the the, the top two teams going to the final. So um yeah, we're we've won our first couple so we can go to step, but it's uh okay. it's fun. It's fun. It's a different kind of challenge, but it's it's, uh, it's good crack. Yeah. And is there any like underlying resentment that, oh, great, you've brought over Mannion or oh, dear McConley was out here. Like, what what the hell is this? Or is is, is kind of. There's, yeah, there probably is a bit of that as well. <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, every, every team is uh, to try and bring over a few sanctions and yeah, lads okay. that have either they've been playing underage, under 20, or uh, the connection to clubs back home, or some other senior lads maybe that have been knocked out of the championship, intercamp championship early that, are, that have mm. come over. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'm sure I'll get a few clatters around the head before the summer's out, but uh, it's a part and parcel of it all. <laughs> yeah, you're very welcome. Now go home. Uh, it would be re- remiss, of not, remiss of me not to tell the radio listeners on social channels, I'm sure they can see that you have bleached your hair. Are you not too old for this kind of crack? What's going That's on? That's right. I am, yeah. This is uh, part of the whole quitting my job kind of thing. <laughs> Go on, travel. I'm going to bleach my hair. Paul, uh, is everything okay? Uh, is everything okay? It is, it is. It's okay. It's okay. I'm going for Barbara's day, so I'll get rid of this once and for all. Too much, too much steak. But uh, yeah, that's where I came from. So, so, so it genuinely is. I finished up at work. I'll be in a job very soon. I'm in the states. Let's just do it for the Pretty hell. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is actually. I was in. I was in Spain on holidays with a few friends uh, that were spending spending the summer in Valencia. So I went over to visit them before I came out here. And uh, I was just like, yeah, give, give it a lash. Uh, go for it. Why not? time off work I can act the clown a little bit <laughs> what um because I know you've had it like you were in China for a year and then you've done your studies what world are you working in by the way what what I'm working in uh tech sales basically so I've been working with Google Cloud for the last um two and a half three years or so oh. and um I've left them I'm going to a, a much much smaller company it's a, a startup there'll be very small so um joining them now in in august great why go from the beast that is google and i'm sure all the many Mm. options that are there within and and you know you're going to be at if you're in google i presume you have the opportunity to be at the forefront of where technology is taking us why go from that behemoth to startup yeah it's funny well so i ended up in google through an acquisition because there was another startup that i joined a few years ago so often it's these little startups. It's actually the startups that are at the, the cutting edge of technology and, and the new players on the market. And then the successful ones will often they'll grow and grow and they might go public or they'll get acquired. 
by the, the behemoths, as you say, uh, Alexa Google. So that was what happened in uh, in the case of uh, Looker, which was the name of the company I joined a few years ago. Okay. And only a few months after I joined them, we were acquired by, by Google Cloud. So, okay. uh, but it's just a fun journey. I I, I much prefer the, the smaller kind of startup vibes. I think you can. This presents kind of new opportunities and. Um, there's some things about big companies that can be quite frustrating, even though you get all the nice kind of perks and that kind of thing. There's, um, yeah, there's there's just things that are that are more attractive about startups, and more fun, and being part of smaller teams. And I, I suppose you feel like you're part of something, you yeah. have more impact on, on the business, that kind of thing. So that's where I feel oh, most amazing. happy. So no, yeah. that, that sounds great. And like, do a lot of startups is the dream, you know, someday. Google might buy mm. us. Is that like the holy grail? <laughs> it's, it's probably to go public is, is the holy grail. Yeah, if you can grow big enough and you can pull off a successful IPO or something like that. Some some companies are like, they don't want to get acquired um, because a lot of things can change then. You know, suddenly then it's, uh, you know, in, in the case of Looker, we we're just one small, tiny product in this massive suite of products in Google Cloud and and your all the big decisions then come from from Google and not about what may be best for Looker itself. It's what's what's best for for Google Cloud. So uh, sometimes it's not always the the dream, but um, yeah. Uh, can I throw you this? This is a terribly difficult question, so I don't expect a kind of perfect answer. But I'm sure people have watched things like, for instance, the Social Dilemma on mm. Netflix, and even if they haven't. Mm -hmm they just know from looking around at their friends and family members the effect that technology is having on us all and it does feel very mm. worrying in many respects and and we're you know the, the, it's so integral to our lives and yet obviously it's very much for profit and then just you know there's a a handful of people like mark zuckerberg who are right place right time and now probably have far too much influence on the mm. world and, and legislation is, is rapidly trying to to catch up uh give us your perspective on on technology and what it's done and doing over the last uh, 20 years and where we're going good question yeah um I, i've seen the social dilemma uh, i've seen a number of other documentaries like that I, um even in college it was a big topic of kind of debate and discussion in, in some of the class i took down it obviously is a problem like the, the biggest impact on it is just uh, the day-to-day -day kind of discourse between people and what we can agree on what's true and what's not true and where we get our our, uh, our sources and of, of news from that kind of thing and it's not just a kind of a tech problem i see it here in the states i've been sitting on the tv there and i'm like i'm sure on fox news or one in there one american news network here just to see what's being consumed by half the population here and if you're here on your couch and you're tuning in to cnn all day or you're tuning in to, to to Fox News or one of these, their news maximum it's you're nearly literally living in another world, like because it's everything is just flipped on its head, like um, and and I suppose that it's hard to agree on, yeah, kind of objective facts and that that great line of alternative facts a few years ago from Kelly and Conway. It's um, look, there's I don't know the answer to it it's, it's obviously very tricky i think mm. elon musk and twitter has is, is been big in the news lately i think um i think he has got he has got some good ideas i don't think anyone should be as afraid of him taking over twitter as, as they are i think 
something as simple as just verifying all humans on social media is just like one of the most basic steps that that tech companies can very easily take and should take. So there's yeah, there's obviously a lot that needs to be done. I think, but um, there, there, there's definitely some quick wins there, and yeah. um, that, that'll help a lot. I guess it's just all happened so fast, you know. If you had like really from iPhone 07, 08 territory, it just seems like I mean we we're we're not even teenagers yet with this stuff. We don't know what the hell we're doing, and it's it's so mm. all encompassing. Like it's funny there. You mention we can't even agree on some basic facts. I've seen you in several interviews. You're one of the very few sports people I've ever seen, by the way, talk about the climate crisis, and I've seen you talk about that. We can't even agree on that. I mean, you drive a few miles south no. there, and you drive a few miles south there for a, a weekend before you go home and try and talk to people about climate crisis i remember you did I know, I know. maliki clark and a couple of years ago and you said it literally keeps me up uh, nights i mm. i do sometimes think maybe sports people don't talk about it all that much because uh generally and, and maybe ga players a, a bit of an exception but the the footprint of sport is colossal like i did a rugby piece last yeah. night with a south yeah. african journalist and we're like so when is south africa joining the six nations but like nobody is saying this is madness like from just from a sustainability yeah, yeah. point of view i know yeah yeah, it's it's a good point. I think, like slowly, maybe much too slowly, but it, it is it is obviously more in, in spotlight now. Um, I love seeing the, even the likes of Gary Lineker, who's seen like tweeting a lot about it now. And yeah, so I think sports players can uh, we can have an impact and can talk about. It. I probably don't do too much with myself or as much as I should, but. Um, yeah, good. Uh, that that don't look up movie that I watched uh, was the last year earlier this year, and that came out. That was just like this is it. This this explains it all. But and I couldn't believe a lot of uh, a lot of friends and family that I spoke to just they were like, I don't get it. It was a silly movie, like, and they 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 didn't actually realize that this uh, meteor was a was a metaphor for climate change. It was coming. It was trying to show people's reaction to it. Like, what is climate change? was a meteor that was coming to destroy it all and what if everyone reacted in this crazy way it would it would be utterly nonsensical but uh yeah i think that that kind of portrayed the the kind of frustration that sometimes i feel and a lot of people do feel when i said said earlier a couple of years ago that like it can keep you up at night it's that kind of just iciness but um yeah and uh yeah it's 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 just such a complicated problem as, as i said earlier the politics here even simple facts on around climate change become kind of politicized and yeah. and it's harder to to even have a discussion about that then when like things but prices here in america are crazy as well like wow. like um, people are feeling it yeah wait till you get home oh i know yeah like it's it's but like it's it's hard to get anything done and then prices are going up your supermarket like a, a simple shop here like a, a two-day grocery shop will cost easily over a hundred dollars and then people are blaming blaming joe biden and uh, you know it was bring back republicans and then they're not going to do much to, to to save the major problems either so i don't know it's um sometimes when you think about the complexities of all it's overwhelming but <laughs> and, and do you do you get to a point where you say god this is all a bit overwhelming i'm just not going to think about it for a while because you could spend your whole time almost beady-eyed looking at everybody being so wasteful yeah, I think you have to. I think sometimes you kind of just have to to say, right, this there's no point kind of thinking about this all day and uh, <laughs> you know have to work up over. But um that's yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to do sometimes. But um 
look, I think things are changing anyway, and um, hopefully, hopefully, will change faster. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> we're in a rush I guess is the problem yeah, so yeah. Um, are you watching much inter-county GA from Boston I haven't been able to catch much since I got here now I was watching uh, I was watching all the games when I was, when I was at home before that um, but yeah I need to, to get on to someone who's got a dodgy box or, uh, or or GA go over here for uh, for the weekend game against against Cork I'm, and, uh, I'll definitely be watching that okay that's interesting so you're still and obviously, look, you've been doing your thing with Kill McCoda and mm. you're playing still. So you, you're still very invested in the sport and enjoy even watching the sport. Mm. I presume you're asked all the time, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? Is there a definite I'm not coming back or is it just year by year for you at this stage in your life? Well, yeah, no, like I, I have always said it's, it's year by year for me. And right. not, not, not just at this stage of my life, but even when I was younger and... Um, yeah, I took the year from China. It was a year from year from there. I was thinking I was going to go back to China, and then I decided I'd stay. And um, I never try and plan too far ahead because um, when I when I do, I just uh, I change my mind and uh, and something else might pop up. So I just try and yeah, commit myself fully to to short term goals. That's been my kind of my my. Uh, my go-to plan, I guess, and um, well, I can confidently say at the moment that that I'm happy out, and I don't foresee myself going back. And I've just been really enjoying this this time off, and mm. and uh, more time with the club. So, I suspect there are compelling arguments to play and also to step away. What were the prominent ones on both sides for you? Um, I suppose that the 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 reasons this to step away were obviously all the, the opportunities to, to do different things and I keep trying different things kind of so vague and sounds so silly and kind of said it so many times now I'm like what do I actually mean by that but it, simple things like it's sometimes the simple things like family occasions birthdays it's, it's social gatherings then it's like playing like Monday night soccer leagues um, okay so it's nothing which, actually yeah. all, it's it's nothing necessarily like profound with your life it's it's day-to-day -day living no I haven't I haven't like I said I'm still playing it's not the game that I've given up but I'm still playing I'm still contributing a lot of time to the club um, back home, and but it's just with, with, with club football, it's a little bit more straight back. I feel it's, you've still got, and particularly with Croaks, I've still got that pause of competing with for for a, for a county championship, for an All Ireland championship we had a run at this year. Um, so I still feel like I've got that kick, and that is still important to me that I can, I feel like I can I can compete and mm. play competitively and. And, and, and yet still have time to just, as I said, for all those other things, to play a bit of football, play a bit of golf, to have more time for social things, to take a bit more holidays if I want to, and to not have to, for, to not have all these other things just come second, third, all, all the time. Um, so, and even just the pressure of having to be at your best and performing like week in, week out, and not just in games, but in training, like it's, it's a really, really high pressure environment to be in for so long, and and to an extent, you, you do feel like a little bit of like kind of weight off the shoulders when that's not there, and mm. just a more kind of relaxed lifestyle, I guess. And then the other side of it, of course, there's lots of things that you miss as well. Like the the biggest one was was trying to say goodbye, trying to say goodbye to the team, and just uh, and leaving the WhatsApp like um, something as simple as that. That was that was a bit of a like deep breath kind of moments just just do it like it and 
once it's done, it's kind of that's done. Like, there's a you just you feel that kind of finality kind of around it once you've hit that kind of exit button. And um, yeah, so that was that was difficult saying saying goodbye to lads. That sounds a bit dramatic now as well. Oh, yeah, sure. But but you're like in when you step outside that circle, you have to. There has to be that boundary there. So of course we're still like best friends. I still feel like they're all like my friends and they will be for the rest of my life. But um, you know, while while they're playing and I'm not, it's like there's a yeah. there's a boundary there which I have to respect. Yeah. And I guess, you know, you th- those friendships are not uh, I was gonna say tested. That's too strong a word. They're affected because for so many years your schedule would bring you together three times a week, four times a week. And you know, that's one of yeah, the great yeah. difficulties we have in the real world is get finding time mm. to see each other and then you know you are that bit on the outside they can't talk as freely maybe yeah yeah no it is true it is true and, and, and we've um because there has been a lot of us um that have kind of stepped away over the last few years we've kind of set up a little group of recent kind of retirees as well okay. and uh, we're going to try and try and have a, a gathering or two a year um we, we've we've went in on a, a cask of whiskey um together but <laughs> 12 to 15 of us chipped in we bought a cask of whiskey that we're going to have um, kind of branded and labelled uh, as our own and stuff so um, that's a bit of crack and that'll take us around kind of Ireland to distilleries out in Sligo so we'll try and plan a little whiskey tasting trip out there next summer and uh, try and keep something like that going each year to, uh, yeah. to stay in contact you know? yeah well I guess like you guys could not see each other for a hundred years and pick it up where you left off in a heartbeat. Mm. Uh, dare yeah. I ask what you've branded the whiskey as? We're still looking for a name for it. Actually, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a quite. It's at the moment it's got a quite a boring name as Dublin retirees. But uh, no, we have to. Uh, we have to. It's a few years yet while it's kind of distilling before we need to think about labels okay. and that kind of thing. So. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll think of something over the next years. <laughs> so your last All-Ireland final was the 2020 final, the COVID final, people will remember it as in December, where you came off the bench and really had a massive impact in the game. You know, you can, it was just like Mayo just didn't have a bench to compete with Dublin's. Um, that was All-Ireland number six, and it was probably an odd feeling in an empty stadium, I'm sure, albeit satisfying nonetheless. Do you think if you mm. didn't have six in the bank you'd be more inclined to keep on playing like was there a degree of well like what's the difference between mm. four five six in terms of my happiness and how i'm going to feel like well what do i just keep doing it for the next 10 years and, and it's great and everything but was there that degree of like i've done it a little bit yeah i don't like it's it, it wasn't something i was kind of actually thinking about when i was kind of weighing up the decision but it's obviously it, it is like it's something that's there and it, it, it's going to influence in some way. So I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, oh, I've done six now, but I don't want to win anymore. And in fact, sure. I, you know, I never got bored of that, 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 that sixth All-Ireland, even with it being in an empty Crow Park in December, was, was actually one of the sweetest ones for me. You know? okay. Even the role I played, like it was, you know, obviously I was kind of coming off the bench for most of those championship games. And, um, but I think particularly the year like that 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 was a year when there was so much talk about Dublin dominance and other teams hadn't been performing and we probably hadn't been performing great ourselves. But there's it was just there was I felt there was a lot of kind of loading up on Dublin that year and uh, this that and the other and mm. it got to a point where it was just like when we won that 
it was just it, it felt like a bit of like yeah frustration like let out like and then that was actually a really really sweet one so right it was funny like and that that, that was six um it was um it, so it wasn't it wasn't that i was kind of tired of <laughs> or i wasn't getting a kick out of it anymore okay it was uh it was really just all that other stuff that i mentioned okay. that was that was the biggest factor yeah yeah fair enough because i mean it's so easy to put two and two together and get five and look at you and you weren't mm. in the first team that year and maybe you've just thought well i'm not in the first team i'm not hanging around but clearly it's more than that i also wonder mm. though like the format it is a lot of commitment and a lot of training for potentially let's be honest i can say this you probably can't it might sound disrespectful but mm-hmm. what looked like one or two really big days really big games against mm. top opposition full crow park like the days that you will remember in 30 years and the days that you kind of live mm-hmm. for it was six months of training and routine wins for one to two big big games never felt like a great ratio i have to say looking in from the outside yeah well that's that's probably a question for like the ga has to answer as oh, well totally, like yeah. How do we how do we create more more competitive games more often? Uh, because it's an unbelievable product we have in the GA, and it, it can be amazing. Like, but there's absolutely no doubt that we're, that we're probably not getting as much out of it as we should. No. Um, I don't mean players getting much, just in terms of spectacle, in terms of supporters. Like, there's there's definitely more that we can do there to make us to make it more exciting and to give, look, I think the top of the pub is a huge step towards that as well. It's giving smaller accounts as well that, that have been out early in, in the championship a chance to compete, to play more games, to get to get uh, towns and counties hmm. up for a game and get excited about it. So I think that's a massive step. But um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a, bit, a little bit more speaking that, that, that needs to be done. It's, it seems very, very difficult to get anything done as well. Like there's proposals getting put forward left front and centre and also getting shot down as well so mm. I don't know but um, I know I think this is, this is last year before they tweaked it again another tweak this, another tweak another tweak we'll, uh, we'll eventually get there maybe another yeah. years or something can't even blame that on Fox News or technology it's just uh, the no. GA <laughs> um, I, just one last question then in terms of the split season so you're coming back at the end of the summer will the Dublin Championship start any earlier then it would usually have started. Has the split season changed a lot of the club player in any great way in Dublin? Um, I, th- I don't think so. It's probably it's probably the the, the, the impacts probably felt a little bit less in Dublin, maybe some in other counties as well, because Dublin for those number of years were were getting taller in finals. So it wasn't until August, kind of September, um, when your club championship would be kicking off anyway. Mm. So. For a lot of us in Dublin, it doesn't feel like a massive change. Um, but it is definitely really, really nice to just have a fixed kind of date when you know you'll be playing championship and you're not kind of, you're not waiting to see oh, how far Dublin are going to get to mm-hmm. and when, when do we need to start training, when do we need to be ready for. Mm-hmm. And it's great for club players that you can just, you know, when you can take the holidays, when you need to go back for training. And when when the uh, championships going to start, and I think it'd be good for for club championship to even have that last kind of last bit of summer as well to have the game on yeah. firm ground and better weather. Like mm. it's, it's um we saw from 
inter county championship when I was in the depth of winter. It's it's not as exciting and interesting spectacle. So club championship has always kind of had that graveyard shift for years. And it has. Yeah. It'd be nice to see a little bit more of it in in the summer when 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 it, when all the players want to be playing. And uh, I think I think people will enjoy the club championship a lot more now over the next few years. And it's just there's great stories there. There's there's always you know a couple of interesting clubs that have, have broken through and um, great stories within those clubs. So. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. How is your fitness playing for Kilmacud versus 2017, 2018 when you're really flying for uh, it's, Dublin? <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, like I, I, in kind of fitness tests, I think I've been, I've been doing okay. Strength-wise, I've managed to maintain um, most of it. Um, I'm sure if I was to go back into the Dublin training session tomorrow, I'd be paddy last in, in the running. But um, I wasn't, I wasn't, much better even than the, the endurance stuff when I was, when I was at the peak so no 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 not endurance yeah I thought you'd be I thought you could run forever no right not really no no I was, I was more of a yeah bit of speed I could get speed really I could get down the pitch fast and maybe back up again fast but then I was uh more than that <laughs> I right. could break Jeez, but uh interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. So, who was uh, the greyhound? I always felt like Jack McCaffrey was like speed and could probably run forever in his day. I say in his day, going back to any under twenty ones, he'd maybe he'd have both. <laughs> As the years went on, he was just more a bit more like me. Um, okay. Okay. Speed, speed, speed. Yeah, okay. and uh, he was he was exceptionally good at that. So he wasn't too worried about the side of things. Yeah. Right. <laughs> who who would who would. Uh, you get to run a marathon for your life I, in that Dublin setup. Geez, you can you can uh, you can guess it yourself probably like so Keanu Sullivan, James McCarthy, Ken uh, Kenny anyway, the lads see up and down around the pitch on yeah. on championship uh, days there. There's the lads who can try as well and uh, yeah. he runs. <laughs> James McCarthy just has that look of a greyhound, just these long I know, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Zero yeah. percent body fat. Um, yeah. I've taken up too much of your time. Uh, great to chat to you. Again, Paul Mannion was uh, giving us his time as part of the launch of the new AIB series, The Drive. So Ardla Hanlon is presenting it and it's going to feature stories from four inter-county players who simply refuse to walk away because tough can't quit. And there's teasers for the series on the AIB GA's social channels. Paul Mannion, a real pleasure. Enjoy the jolly out in Boston and uh, we'll see you when we see you. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Joe. Cheers. Gaelic football on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.